Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and I am so glad to see each and every single one of you here this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I want to ask you a question as we get started this morning, okay? I want to ask you a question. What is it that us humans really need? What is it that us humans really need? We live in a world where this question gets harder to answer, right? Because I have children, and do you know how many times I tell them when they tell me they need a snack or they need something? I, I tell them the difference between their wants and their needs. Do we have any parents in the house that explain the difference between wants and needs to your children all day long? But it's not just us parents who have to deal with it, right? The everybody sitting here this morning recognizes that there are some things us humans need to survive. There are kids in the room here who can tell us, right? Air, water, shelter, food. They can tell you these basic needs that we have, but we live in a world where we have so much that we want that it's getting harder and harder for us to understand what it is we actually need. This week in our world, it may have been the most like in our face that it's ever been, right? I don't know how many of you woke up this week to watch the news and what did, what did we hear about all week long? This submersible with five passengers on it that was missing, right? Every single day, that's like all we heard about, right? And it, we became acutely aware of some things that we need, right? What did the... I, I should not know these facts. This submersible thing had 96 hours of oxygen on it for the people on board. 96 hours, right? And as time's ticking away, as the world is watching uh, this sort of this story unfold, we became acutely aware that these people who paid $250,000 to ride to the bottom of the ocean and explore the Titanic, that these folks who could ex uh, who could you know, afford $250,000 had the exact same needs every single one of us in this room have. Air, water, food, shelter, community, right? There was also uh, pictures on the news of, of these refugees fleeing Libya and going to Italy. And, and they also, much like these folks who paid $250,000 a seat, had emptied their life savings to smugglers to get them to a safe place, fleeing persecution and oppression and injustice and going to a place where they could experience new life. They literally emptied their life savings so them and their children could experience new life life. And they, we also became acutely aware what us humans need, right? Air, water, food, shelter, community. And I, I don't know if you know this, but this, these problems that we see in our world, it, it doesn't just happen in some ocean far, far away. It doesn't just happen far, far away from us right here in Tampa Bay. In the Tampa Bay region, the number of homeless teens increases every single day. Teens who become 
unhoused, who don't have a place to sleep at night because of addiction, mental illness, because of their sexual identity as LGBTQT, because of, of, of being in, foster, in and out of foster care their whole lives and they finally just run away from that system that isn't working for them, that number increases every single day right here on our streets in our community. And this is what I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet those of you sitting here this morning, I, I saw some of y'all. You came in tired and exhausted from living in a world where it is so hard to know what you need and what you want. You came in here needing rest and replenishment and worship and you needed God and you need Jesus and you came here this morning needing that, right? We're all acutely aware of some things that we need. And 2,000 years ago, people just like us People who lived in a world where there were refugees fleeing for their, for their lives, places where people with money and wealth continued to make decisions that maybe didn't make a lot of sense to anybody else, places where there are homeless teenagers living in the world. Those people sat at the feet of Jesus and they said, teach us a new way to live. We are hungry and we don't even know what we're hungry for. We are thirsty, Jesus, and we don't even know what we're thirsty for. We live in a world that is needy, God, and we don't even know what it is we need. Teach us how to live differently, Jesus. And do you know what he did? You know what he did? Jesus taught them how to pray. How to pray. Not how to join the best nonprofit and start some world-changing volunteer organization. That didn't happen yet. Not to, not to come up with the best strategy and pass it on to somebody else. That hadn't happened yet. Not to sit back and, 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 and list out all the things that you need. No, Jesus said the very first thing you do in a world where you are acutely aware of your needs and the needs of the people around you, the first thing you do is pray. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that was the last thing I did most days this week. The very last thing I did was pray. But Jesus says, pray. In this world that we live in, where you walked in this door with needs, with hungers and thirsts that some of us will never know about, Jesus taught us to pray with people in your hearts and your minds that are hurting and needy. You walked in this door and Jesus says, pray. And this is the prayer that he taught him to pray. I'm going to let you Pray it. He said, this then is how you should pray. This is what Jesus says. And we're all, if y'all will, will you pray it with me out loud? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. And some of us add the line from Luke, for thine is the power and the kingdom. Yeah, y'all know what it is. <laughs> Just Google it, okay? <laughs> Got a lot on my mind this morning. Um, so, but what we're going to look at today, so the last few weeks, what we've looked at is our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It takes us, when you're not saying it that fast, it takes us about 10 seconds to get through that part of the prayer. And that part of the Lord's Prayer turns our entire lives, hearts, attention. It turns it all towards God, our Father, who art in 
heaven. So the very first thing that Jesus teaches us to do when we pray is turn everything towards God. Not our own needs, not our own wants, not our own desires, not the needs or wants or desires of the world first. The first thing we do is acknowledge God and turn our hearts, our lives, our will over to God for 10 seconds. Imagine getting out of the bed every single morning and the first 10 seconds of your day is not turning on the news and finding out what happened in the world. It's not looking at your phone and figuring out what email you missed overnight. It's, it's, it's not dealing with pets or kids or whatever else it is you deal with the second you get out of bed. The very first thing for 10 seconds, you turn everything towards God. This is what Jesus taught people to do 2,000 years ago, but we believe this word that Jesus taught that's in the Bible, we believe it's fresh and alive today and it offers you something. Thousands of years later, imagine the power of believers and followers of Jesus waking up every morning and for the first 10 seconds, nothing in the world gets their attention. The God who loves you and is good gets all of your attention for 10 seconds. Imagine that kind of world. That's what God wants for you. That's what happens in the first 10 seconds of the prayer. And in the second half, we have the triple P request, all right? When I say triple P, you say request, okay? Triple P. Request. Yes. Jesus teaches you the triple P request. Woo! Good job, guys. Y'all are awesome. All right, triple P. Three P's. <laughs> and our three P's are provision, pardon, and power. So as Jesus is teaching us to pray after we've turned everything to God, then he says, now it's time for you to request, and here's your triple P request, provision, pardon, and power. Jesus says, to, he teaches us the provision. This means God provides our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. That looks different than it looked thousands of years ago. Even 40 years ago in this city, in this place, Ybor City. Anybody here know where Ybor City is? If y'all don't, we're taking a field trip after church, okay? <laughs> Ybor City, it's the heart of Tampa. It was the original heart of Tampa. 40, 50 years ago, a baker would bake Cuban bread, okay? Everybody knows what Cuban bread is, right? Um, so they would, they would bake Cuban bread, and then the baker would drive to these houses in Ybor City and they had a nail by the front door. And he would just slap that Cuban bread on the, on the door, on the doorpost. It's got this like, Cuban bread has this amazing crust, so good. And he would just slap it on the, bre on the door. And then the guy who was the dairy farmer in probably out in Plant City would come by and give you a pint or two of milk and set it in the icebox. So when these folks woke up in Ybor City, this is like 50 years ago, right? They'd have bread and milk for the day sitting on their front porch. Those are the days, right? Doesn't that, sound, doesn't that sound good? They'd have their daily bread right there. We have a different experience in our lives. I, I don't think anybody here gets bread on your front door, right? You, you get your milk at the grocery store and it's been pasteurized. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and that could be bad if it's not. So, these folks, right, were trusting, they got their provision for the day. And this is what Jesus is teaching us to do, to ask God to provide the things that we need for the day. Now, we also know that these folks who came to live in Ybor were from Cuba and Spain and 
Italy and all these other places. So they came here and we also know they were really good at community and being a good neighbor. So when they said, these folks prayed the Lord's Prayer, right? They didn't just pray, uh, give, give me this day our daily bread. They said, give us this day our daily bread. Please, God, make sure the baker hangs a piece of Cuban bread on the, the person who lives beside me and behind me and across the street. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you see how when Jesus teaches us to pray, it's not just about us. It's about other people too. We have a responsibility now and today when we pray to give us this day our daily bread. It looks different now, right? There are, there are teenagers in this community who don't have a bag or clothes or know where they're going to sleep tonight. And those of us in this church who've been praying the Lord's Prayer every day this month, we've said, give us this day our daily bread. And you want to know what? Jesus doesn't let you just get to say that to God. Jesus puts your hands, your feet, your brain, your heart to work. And we're going to pack 20 duffel bags this afternoon for teens who are experiencing homelessness in our community because we've said, give us and we believe the teenagers in this community are us and they are ours. And we are going to give them a duffel bag with a t-shirt and the hygiene items that they need and the things they need. We are going to pack bags for them because when we say give us this day our daily bread, we know that what God does for us in this room, in this place on Sunday morning ought to flow out in the city of needy people. Amen? So when we say give us this day our daily bread, we're also asking Jesus to use us in a world desperate for their daily bread. We are begging God to use us in a world desperate for daily bread. Harold Walker, who you heard about a little earlier this morning, he's been on fire this week. We, this man's been praying the Lord's Prayer his whole life. His whole life he's been praying the Lord's Prayer. And I, I talked to him on Wednesday and I said, Harold, You've got some connections to some sportswear. Can you make sure that these kids get a nice, maybe dry fit shirt or something for their bags? He said, Eric, I'll see what I can do. And this morning, guys, or yesterday morning, he texted me, and we're going to have 20 shirts for kids in all kinds of different sizes, dry fit Nike shirts for kids who are homeless and don't know where they're going to sleep at night. This church has prayed, God, give us, this whole community, their daily bread, and they're going to walk around with fresh, clean shirts on. Can I get an amen amen give us this day our daily bread and this is what we find God wants to use your hands and your feet and we need to know we matter and we need to be surrounded by people we can ask for help and as we become and and live into the church God has called us asked us begged us to be our needs get met our needs get met Y'all pray this prayer and mean it. Provision. God will provide for all of us. It's both a responsibility and a recognition that we trust God to provide for us. I told the band, I preached a little short last week, so I'm going to use my rollover minutes um, this morning. So I hope y'all, <laughs> they told me that wasn't a thing, but um, it is. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> All right, so provision is, is the number one. The second is pardon. Forgive us as we forgive others. I love that provision and pardon are smacked right together with each other. 
provision and pardon because we have to recognize, right, that you don't get to just hand out duffel bags to, to kids who are experiencing homelessness. Because when we do that, sometimes we think, oh, we got it all figured out. God gave us two pieces of bread. We'll give one piece away, right? That's not what this prayer is asking us to pray. It's asking us to ask Jesus to forgive us from the things we drug in here that are painful and have broken us. Because when you show up with that shame and pain and undealt hurt, you start to hurt others. Have y'all heard that hurt people hurt people? But what can healed people do in this world? We recognize our hurt and our pain, the things we've done wrong, and we ask Jesus to let it go from us. For Jesus to forgive us and give us power to live in this world free of the shame and the pain and the guilt that comes from all of the things that we did wrong. And that is no different and it is just as important as asking God to provide our needs for us. Forgive us, God. Release us from every mistake we've made and from the second guessing and the anxiety and the fear and the brokenness and the pain and the depression and the anger and the rage that comes with the things that we have carried for far too long. Forgive us and free us, God. Pardon us. Release us from the prisons we've built for ourselves as we forgive others. Do y'all see that comma? as we begin to release people from the things they've done from us. So we begin to create that space and let Jesus allow us to not let that have all of the power anymore. Forgive us as we forgive others. Pardon, y'all, a free world, a world that has what they need and is free and lighter because of it. I have a friend I talked to this week. I texted him late one night and I said, I need you to know you got to forgive yourself for the dad you've been. You got you to forgive yourself for what you've done and you got to step into what God has asked you to do. And you can't get there till you have let, until you have forgiven yourself. Let, accept the forgiveness that God has offered you. Step into it. And then you know what? God uses people like that to show up in the lives of other people who are struggling to be the dads or the moms or the parents or the uncles they need to be. And he says, look what God has done in my life. Not because we're arrogant, but he sings this song that look what you've done. Look at the shame and the, the pain that you have freed me from. And he helps drag somebody else into the freedom that God has for us. Do y'all see the power of this prayer when Jesus changes every fiber of our lives, every fiber of our being, this community changes. Everything is different. When we trust the pardon and the freedom to the God who wants that for us. If you're in here this morning and you've carried shame and pain for too long, pray this morning, forgive me, Jesus, and help me to forgive those that I've carried a grudge way too long. Pardon, that's our second triple P request. Provision, pardon, and then power. To resist temptation and be, and be delivered from evil. Can I tell y'all something? I love every person in here, but the last thing we need in this world is more weaklings, Right? I know, I thought I knew this week, the weakest person I could ask to help me do something I shouldn't be doing. I thought I knew. And I, I, somebody's been praying this prayer for our church and the pastor can, <laughs> no, um, but you get this power to resist the temptation. It is real, right? This power to live differently and joyfully into a world that depends on you to have weakness over and over and over. You are given power to resist temptation 
and be delivered from evil. This is a prayer. This is a prayer that gives you power from the only source, the only source that can give it to you, Jesus. That's why we worship. That's why we worship on Sunday mornings because we live in a world that will do everything it can to break you down and to hurt you and to wound you. And we believe in a Jesus who gives us power to resist that in the world. To resist that in the world. Guys, we can be different. I can name, since we started praying this prayer, I can name 10 things that have changed in the hearts and lives of you all in these seats. People have given their lives and their hearts and their situations over to God. And it doesn't mean God's magically been a genie in a bottle fixing everything, right? But God has recognized their pain and moved them from a place of prison to freedom, right? We've seen this happen. Keep praying this prayer because in a broken and hurting and desperate world, Jesus doesn't teach us to go around fixing everything first. The first thing he says is pray. You who are weary, come to me. You who are burdened and heavy laden, Jesus says, come unto me. Simply pray and spend time with Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for the ability that we have to pray to you. That right now, no matter what we've experienced this morning, if this is sort of the first time we've come before you today or this week or this month, we, we come to you thankful for the gift of prayer. And we pray, God, that as you change every fiber of our hearts and our lives, that you'll use us to offer the good news that you are a God who provides, that you are a God who pardons, and that you are a God who gives us power. God, we just pray this morning over each person here those who've had a really hard time running to you in prayer. We offer them up to you. We offer those up to you who have been on their knees praying before you on our behalf for so long. Thank you for them, God. And we pray for those people in between. Those of us who've just gotten sort of a mediocre prayer life and forgotten to experience the power and the goodness that, that we get from going to you in prayer. Revive us again, God. Give us desperation to pray to you. And give us gratitude that you are such a good God who listens to our prayers. Amen.